I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiou, and it's the international break. Boring, boring, boring. Like there's no, there's no other way of putting it. And, you know, with the World Cup just around the corner, of course, people will be looking at some of the national teams with a little bit more interest in trying to work out and understand what it is that the managers perhaps have in store for us going into that Winter World Cup. But ultimately, we'd all rather sit and watch Premier League football and La Liga football and Serie A football, I am sure. So, yeah, you know, it's a bit disappointing. The next weekend's going to be a little bit boring, as I say, um, or the weekend coming and all of that. But it is what it is. So we thought we'd take the opportunity to do some slightly different content. You know, when we're playing sort of three days, four days, um, sort of in between games, that's, that's all the we really have in terms of an off period at the moment. It feels like our content is very heavily focused on previews and reviews and and all of that stuff. And we don't often get a lot of time to do deep dives into other subjects and other topics. So I wanted to take this opportunity to uh, to talk Fabio Vieira, to talk Martin Odegaard, and to effectively do a, a bit of a comparison of the two, understand what it is that each of them brings to the table, what it is that each of them brings to the midfield. Um, what the similarities are, what the differences are between the two players, because I think there are similarities and I think there are differences too. And I think there are differences that, you know, are, are good things to have in the sense of it gives us more variety within our squad to be able to call upon them in different situations and for certain parts of their skill set when we're in need of, you know, goals, a bit more rhythm, a little bit uh, more of an ability to keep possession. As I say, both top, top quality players. I'm delighted that we've got them both at Arsenal. But I wanted to do this episode because a lot of people coming off the back of the Brentford game have, have sort of said, well, you know, we've got loads of depth um, or, or much more depth, I should probably say, with Fabio Vieira in the squad. Obviously, Emil Smith-Rowe's out injured right now as well. But we haven't really felt that because of the signing of Fabio Vieira and because he came into the side at the weekend and played extremely well. But I think he brings something different. I really do. I think there are a lot of comparables, but I think there are a lot of differences that, to me, are, are quite obvious and, and things that I really wanted to kind of make a point of highlighting here today. Now, when I thought about doing this episode this morning, as some of you will have seen, I tweeted that I was going to do this episode today. I decided to embark on a, a little bit of a fact-finding mission, and I decided to dive into the statistics of it all, sort of look at heat maps, look at touch maps, try and work out what the similarities and differences were that way. And, and the more I sort of tried to do that, the more I realised that statistically it's really, really hard to paint a picture of both of these two players. Why? Because Martin Odegaard has been at the club an awful lot longer. We've got a lot more data around Martin Odegaard. We've got a lot more in terms of statistics available to us. And so it's easier to kind of, you know, use those to prop up your opinion of Martin Odegaard. But when it comes to Fabio Vieira, made his Premier League debut uh, not too long ago, coming off the bench at Old Trafford. And then, of course, um, you know, made his full debut against Brentford at the weekend. There is no sample size there. There is nothing really to go by. And I didn't want to limit my research and my comparison statistically to just one match. Right. So I decided that I'm going to scrap the stats because you can all go and look those up yourselves. You know, everybody does that these days. I figured that based on what I've seen, 
based on sort of being at the games and watching them both really, really closely and having watched Martin Odegaard for a longer period now. And I think having a better understanding of what he does, having watched Vieira at the weekend and having watched the game back again, which I did late last night, I want to kind of break down why he is not quite the like-for-like Martin Odegaard replacement that some people are suggesting he is. I think he can play in that position. I think he can do a bloody good job of it. But there are clear and evident differences. Let me say a few hellos before uh, we continue through. Uh, big hello to Steve, uh, to Mint, to Holly, uh, to Lynn, to Sko, to Amira, uh, to Ayush, uh, to Hanks, to High Tower, uh, to the Wandering Minstrel, to Ash, and of course to Creambone Trev. Uh, I hope you guys are all good. Thank you for joining me in the live chat. If you are watching us live right now, please leave a like on the video. If you're watching this back later, make sure you like the video, make sure you subscribe, let me know your thoughts in the comments. And if you're listening on the audio platforms, please do leave us a review. I always ask for um, for reviews on Apple Podcasts. I didn't even realize that Spotify do that as well. So if you are a Spotify listener, which a lot of you are, please leave us a review on there as well. Uh, big hello to Alex, to Wesbird, to Chris, who also join us. I hope you guys are all well. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining me. Okay, look, let's start then with Fabio Vieira. Let's let's focus on the new boy, the one that we know the least about. What are the differences between Fabio Vieira and Martin Odegaard? Well, I think that Fabio Vieira has shown that he is much more willing to take shots at goal. That his instinct when he gets into certain areas of the pitch is to look up and to let fly at the earliest opportunity. Whereas Martin Odegaard can leave you tearing your hair out when he gets into those types of positions and almost wants to overplay, wants to keep the move flowing, wants to keep the attack going, wants to thread the ball through the eye of a needle. I think there are big differences there. Fabio Vieira's instinct is to strike at goal, whereas Martin Odegaard is a little bit more, I would say, of a creator. Having said that, in terms of his statistics during his time prior to arriving at Arsenal, well, actually, statistically, Fabio Vieira is more of a provider than Martin Odegaard because this is a guy who scored 10 goals and produced 18 assists in 76 senior appearances for Porto. He also got 13 goals in 21 appearances for the Portuguese under-21s. So statistically, Vieira scores more. Statistically, he provides more assists. But Martin Odegaard is the one that wants to play that next pass, wants to keep the move going, wants the perfect goal, if you like. So the stats don't always kind of paint the full picture here. I think Fabio Vieira is a bit more Alexis Sanchez-like in that when he gets into the final third, he wants to make a difference straight away. He isn't thinking about the build-up. He isn't thinking about keeping a move going. When the ball comes to his feet, he's thinking, what can I do now to impact the game? Can I have a shot? Can I try and play a killer pass? And invariably, when you do that, when you have shots, when you play those kill or try to play those killer passes, obviously they won't come off every time. Your passing accuracy is going to suffer. The uh, amount of times that you lose possession statistically is going to suffer. And so that's another reason why some of the statistics aren't going to paint you the full picture. So I think that Fabio Vieira is someone who, when he gets the ball in the final third, is eager to make something happen and a lot more eager than Martin Odegaard, who would be quite happy to keep an ongoing move going, to keep the flow uh, sort of running. It, there's a different mentality. Met, uh, Mesut Ozil was a bit like Martin Odegaard in that 
you know, he'd be the same. He'd get into those shooting positions and you'd be tearing your hair out. Why the hell haven't you let fly here? Why have you tried to cut it back? Why have you tried to play that extra pass? Why have you tried to take that extra touch? Fabio Vieira is more of a Bruno Fernandes. Somebody who can be a bit selfish at times when he gets into those areas, but for good reason, because he's got a track record of making things happen. I think... I think that the other differences are in the press. I think that Fabio Vieira is probably less effective in the press. I don't think he leads the press as well as Martin Odegaard does. And I don't think at the moment, given he's new to the side, given his status within the squad, I don't think he's in a position where he can be the leader of the press, where people look to him to set the tone and the tempo and to almost organise the press on the pitch, to be Mikel Arteta's lieutenant in that way. Martin Odegaard is that, though. Martin Odegaard is the guy that everybody looks at to say, right, you tell us when to go. When you go, we go. The players alongside him press in tandem with him. And when he gets to a certain point, that's the trigger point for those in the next line to then begin their press and so on and so forth. So Martin Odegaard certainly is more of a leader when it comes to the press. I, I really do believe that. I think tactically... He's probably a little bit more aware. I think that's probably due to him having been here longer. I think he understands Mikel Arteta's ideas to a T. And I think that is a, a big reason why he's been named the club captain, because he can be that voice on the pitch for Mikel Arteta. Um, a couple of super chats, which I'll just quickly pause and take. Uh, Ash says, like Manchester City, how often will we play both in the team? We'll come on to that a little bit later on, but in an, and we'll talk about it in more detail. But in a nutshell... I don't think that you'll see both of them playing in the side too many times. Not this season anyway. I still think that you're going to see Mikel Arteta wanting to find that balance. And in his mind, I believe right now, the right balance is having Partey, who is that deeper lying player. Having Granit Xhaka, who's a bit of both, a bit of a hybrid between the two. And then having that much more creative outlet in... Um, in uh, Fabio Vieira or a Martin Odegaard. So I'm not sure that we're going to play them together very often. I know a lot of people are interested to see that, but I think we're quite a long way away from that happening unless it's something we're forced into due to injuries. Um, Ash also agrees. Thank you again uh, for your very, very kind donation that Martin Odegaard is better at pressing and winning the ball back. Now, I think that, I think that Martin Odegaard physically is of a, a, a better stature in terms of being suited to the Premier League. He's not the biggest guy in the world. He's not, you know, a leg breaker. He's not somebody who's going to go around smashing into people, but he is a bit bigger in terms of his build and in terms of his frame than Fabio Vieira. And I never looked at Martin Odegaard and felt this guy is a little bit lightweight and may struggle in this division. I thought when he first came from Real Madrid on loan, it was abundantly clear very quickly that he could get up to speed in that sense. And I still look at Fabio Vieira and think he's a little bit slight. Now, credit to him. I thought he battled hard and he worked hard against Brentford and it wasn't too much of an issue. But I think there will be games where that will be seen as a bit of an issue, at least in Mikel Arteta's eyes. Goes back to what I was talking about around the balance in the midfield. If you've got the physical presence of Thomas Partey and Granit Xhaka in there, you can get away with having a Fabio Vieira. But would you play Fabio Vieira if one of Partey or Xhaka was absent. And for argument's sake, you was going to play 
the two of them and, and a Partey or the two of them and a Xhaka. I don't think Mikel Arteta would be too comfortable with that for that reason. I think physical presence in the middle of the park is something that we really need, something that we've been lacking for years and years and years, something that Granite Xhaka and Thomas Partey certainly give us and something that, you know, we that has made us harder to bully, essentially. And, and putting these two in there together, I think, almost opens us up to that and makes us susceptible to that again. When I wrote my notes about this show and the, the things I was going to talk about, because as I said, I was sort of thinking about this earlier today. One of the, the bullet points that I wrote was with regards to Fabio Vieira, not as much of a tempo setter, more of an individual in that he will pick up the ball and have a shot himself. He will pick up the ball, look to take someone and he will pick up the ball and look for that killer pass immediately. Not as much of a tempo setter, but often does the things that we're screaming at Martin Odegaard to do more of. So that in itself, I think, highlights the two differences uh, or, or the differences between the two players. Um, moving on to Martin Odegaard, he, he is a tempo setter. He is someone that sets the tone for the entire team. The speed at which he moves the ball, the speed at which he presses people, the aggression with which he presses people. He does frustrate when it comes to taking shots from the edge of the box. But again, I've made the note, he's a leader by example in that sense. But also physically, he is more equipped for the Premier League right now. That's my view. That's my opinion um, on it. And, and so these are the kind of initial comparisons I made of the two. So in a nutshell, one, Martin Odegaard is much more of, of a, um, a passer of the ball, a tempo setter, a dictator, uh, the trigger in the press and a, a voice for the manager on the football pitch. That's why he's so, so important to this team. It's also got so much brilliance about him. We know he can score goals. We know he can affect the game in the final third. But is he as individualistic at times as Fabio Vieira is or will be or can be? I don't think he is. Fabio Vieira, though, could be the guy that comes into the side and does what he did at the weekend, which is pick up the ball in a speculative position and smash one into the back of the net. You wouldn't ever see Martin Odegaard taking a shot from that position. His brain would work in a different way. Not in a bad way, not in a negative way, but in a different way. He would be looking at what his next pass is. He'd be looking at that far post, wondering if he can pick someone out. He'll be thinking about the run that Bukayo Saka or Ben... Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favourite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. White is making on the outside of him as he drifts in field with the ball at that left foot of his. But Fabio Vieira has got the uh, has got that almost self-belief and confidence to go, F it, I'm going to take a pot shot. And and if it goes in, great. If it doesn't, you know, I'm I've got big enough cojones to say to my teammates, well, that's what I felt like doing, that's what I'm gonna do. Some players are like that. And I and I know that because, you know, I played with players who had the cojones to try stuff 
and make things happen and, and wanted to take the game by the scruff of the neck. And, you know, Alexis Sanchez, for me, is the best recent example of that in Arsenal colours. Somebody who would pick up the ball in an unfancy position, but believed enough in his own ability to try and make something happen. Believed enough in his own ability that he could score, that he could influence the game. And was quite happy for people to question him because he delivered so frequently and, and that didn't phase him. I'm not saying Martin Odegaard isn't capable of those things. I've been waxing lyrical about the guy all season. I think he's been amazing. I think he's been brilliant since he joined the football club. But there are times where you want him to take it on a little bit. You want him to put that responsibility on his shoulders just that little bit more. And he doesn't. And, and that's one of the big differences. But equally, without Odegaard in the side, I think that our rhythm is not as good. It's still, it was good at the weekend with Fabio Vieira in the side. Things were still ticking over. But for us to be at our absolute peak, at our absolute brilliant best, Martin Odegaard needs to be in the side for me. Um, but there are similarities. There are, are real similarities. And that's why the transition between the two is one that is manageable. Okay, More so than the transition between Tierney and Zinchenko, for example. Okay, so... Zinchenko, when he came into the side, breath of fresh air, stepping into the midfield, giving us something completely different to what we'd seen under Kieran, with Kirantini at left back for the past couple of seasons. Doesn't mean Kirantini's shit or not good enough or not at the level required, but there are differences to the way they play the game. Zinchenko is far more comfortable stepping into that midfield position, receiving the ball there in pressured situations. Kieran is a lot happier to go on the outside of people and a lot happier to deal with defensive situations one-on-one. -on -one. So again, the transition between Zinchenko and Tierney is manageable, but they both bring something slightly different to the team. And I think this is equally true here. Okay. So both of them can play in that right eight position or whatever it is, whatever you call it. Both of them are left-footed. Both of them like to drift out to the right so that they have more of the pitch inside of them to move into and to operate into when they receive the ball. So the, the comparison there is, is a good one. And the fact that when you look at the heat maps around the two, you will see that they pick up similar positions. That tells me that Mikel Arteta thought long and hard about this signing. And, and one of the, the contributing factors to deciding to essentially pull the trigger on Fabio Vieira, get that deal done for £35 million, a deal that nobody would have talked about going into the summer, was because he felt that he could give him the fundamental basics and 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 he's of a similar profile to Martin Odegaard, but obviously their individual qualities just differ a little bit. The way they see the game differs a little bit. Their views on how you should sort of act and conduct yourself in those types of positions are slightly different as well. And it gives us variation. Obviously, Vieira signing adds depth because we've just talked about it with Emil Smith-Rowe injured as well, especially you've got, uh, you know, you've got another option. No Odegaard, no Smith-Rowe, but you've got Vieira. It's depth. It makes us better equipped to compete. It's good competition, as Big Blue points out in the chat. There are so many positives to this signing. What I will say, I keep using Emil Smith-Rowe as a, a sort of another reference point. I don't think Emil Smith-Rowe plays this position in the way that these two do. I don't think he fills the same holes. I don't think he takes up the same spaces. And I think we almost saw last season his sort of transition from being a centre midfielder to go over to the left-hand side and play as a bit of a left winger, um, which was uh, which was interesting. But as I say, 
Um, the similarities are that they both take up similar positions, which doesn't affect our game model too much. What they do with the ball at their feet might be different and may vary. But in terms of our game model, in terms of the positions and spaces we need to occupy, there are so many similarities. Clearly, Fabio Vieira has come in and understood exactly what is required of him already. And that obviously bodes well. Um, you know, and again, the physical point for me is is quite a big one here because I mentioned to you that I wouldn't trust, for example, Fabio Vieira on the right side of that midfield trio if we were without one of Xhaka or Partey in the same way I would Martin Odegaard because I think Odegaard is, is much more ready for the battle. I'm not saying Vieira won't get there. Maybe he will. Maybe he needs time. Maybe he needs to adapt to the Premier League. But Martin Odegaard gives me more confidence from a defensive standpoint feels like someone that is more aggressive in the press and feels like someone with a bigger frame, albeit not the biggest of frames, but somebody who can withstand the challenges that are going to come his way. Right now, today, Vieira looks fine because he's got Partey and Xhaka alongside him. Take one of those two out and I think the balance slightly changes and Martin Odegaard evens it out a little bit more in terms of having that right balance than maybe Fabio Vieira does. But that's just my opinion. Um, so, yeah, look, lots of similarities between the two in terms of the position, in terms of the spaces they occupy, in terms of what's been instructed to them. Uh, we've seen that Fabio Vieira can do that role, can play it the way that Mikel Arteta wants it played. And that is obviously positive. But we've also seen his individual qualities and the fact that he is much more willing because we saw a couple of pot shots at Old Trafford as well from Fabio Vieira. He is more willing to take on that responsibility and have a crack at goal. Is that a good or a bad thing? I don't think it's a, a particularly good thing when it comes to Fabio Vieira, like in terms of that it separates him from Martin Odegaard. I, th I just think they're two very different players who look at the game very differently and who will act differently in different situations because, or in the same situations, I beg your pardon, because of the way they're wired. But to have both of them in the squad is incredible. I just think to summarise... Fabio Vieira is more like the Bruno Fernandes type. He's happy to take it on. He's happy to have a shot. He's happy to strike a goal. He's happy to try something a little bit um, ambitious, think outside the box in order to gain an advantage. Martin Odegaard can do all of those things. There's no question about that. But he feels to me like someone who's much more comfortable with and obviously feels the value and sees the value in actually helping the team find a flow, find a rhythm in the way that I'm not sure Fabio Vieira does, or at least Martin Odegaard does more of that. Uh, but yeah, lots of similarities too. As I say, we've got great depth in that area now and in that position, which is obviously very, very nice to see. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, that's my kind of comparison. Two players who can play in that position, two players that provide excellent options to Mikel Arteta, but two players who ultimately are wired differently and have different strengths and different weaknesses. It shouldn't be, uh, you know, uh, Odegaard versus Vieira. Um, that's not what we're trying to achieve here. We're trying to understand what it is that one brings to the table and what it is that the other brings to the table. And maybe once you do that, and I'm sure Mikel Arteta and his staff have already done that, you can then make your selections accordingly. You can bring Fabio Vieira on in games where you feel like we need a bit more of what he offers and, and a bit less of what Martin Odegaard brings to the table and vice versa. A lot of people are asking the question and have asked the question throughout the duration of the show uh, where it's, um, hold on, let me see. Uh, here we go, from Alex. 
Alex was the last person to put the question in. Can you ever imagine a team put both of them on? Can you imagine we put out a team uh, with both of them on? I don't really see it. I, as I said to you, if everybody's fit, if everybody's available, I, I don't think that that they, as a duo with a Xhaka or a Partey, would give us the right balance. But I could see the value of if you're chasing a goal at home and there's 20 minutes to go, I could see the value of taking off one of the other midfielders to make sure that you got both of these guys on the pitch because of the creativity they bring to the table. But I just think overall, plan A, whatever you want to call it, I feel like having those two in the side, which would mean moving a Xhaka out or moving a Partey out at this moment in time, just disrupts the balance of what we're doing right now. And the balance has been key. People understanding their roles, understanding their positions and being able to come in and out of the team seamlessly as a result of having a clear picture of what their job is, has been uh, real key in our turnaround, in our improvement over the last 12, 18 months. So, no, um, I don't think that you'll see them play from the start. Probably, I don't want to say ever because, you know, you might get forced to do it with injuries, but I don't think it would ever be Mikel Arteta's first choice. I don't think Mikel Arteta will ever want to include both of them in that three-man midfield. The only way you see them both playing, I think, is if, from the start I'm talking about, is if Fabio Vieira starts from one of the flanks. And again, I don't think it's his best position, but I think he could do that because he gets into those wide areas anyway. He drifts into those types of positions anyway, and he has the ability to pick out great passes. And he has the ability when he gets in goal-scoring positions, or the confidence, I should say, to take those chances on. Whether he scores them or not is another matter. But yeah, um, yeah, I think uh, I think that the two of them together in a three-man midfield would just disrupt the balance of the side a little bit. Crypto FPL says, why the comparison, Harry? There is no data to compare both players at the moment. And this is Fabio's full debut. If, if you were watching from the beginning, I literally said that. I said, I'm not going to go by data. And I said that, you know, it would be unfair to do that on the premise that, as you say, there isn't a lot of data available right now with regards to Fabio Vieira. So for me, I'm kind of comparing them based on what I see, based on the eye test. And I think I've seen you know, not a lot of Fabio Vieira in comparison to what I've seen of Martin Odegaard, but I've seen enough to understand the differences between the two players and, of course, the similarities of which there are many also um, when it comes to these two individuals. So it's not a comparison as in I want him to play over him. I'm I'm so grateful and delighted that both of them are in the squad and that we have these options. But I think it's worth highlighting what they do similarly and what they do differently. And I think as a manager, Mikel Arteta would have done that analysis, would understand that. And uh, and I think as fans, it's important that we we sort of take stock. Because I'll tell you why. Because Martin Odegaard, for example, has, has had quite a bit of stick this season for not shooting, for getting into positions and not pulling the trigger, from myself included. I've been one of those people. I've gone, why the hell does this guy not take a shot on? But he brings other things to the table. Fabio Vieira will take those shots on, as we've already seen. And hopefully he continues to stick him in the back of the net. But, you know, the trade-off for that is that he doesn't set the tempo, I don't think, in the way that Odegaard does. doesn't give you the same rhythm. So I think that for me, um, both are good. Both are talented. Both are great additions to the squad. Both are going to be valuable members of this side moving forward. But, you know, let's not let's not call uh, a spoon a spade. You know, like th there are differences between the two. And I think we need to know that and acknowledge that. And 
as a consequence of that or as a result of that, manage our expectations around what we're going to get from one or the other, depending on who's in the side. So I didn't expect Vieira to press as aggressively as uh, as Odegaard does. And, you know, he pressed well enough, but I don't think it was aggressive as Odegaard does it. I don't think he kept the ball moving with the same rhythm and tempo that Martin Odegaard does. But equally, Martin Odegaard wouldn't have picked up the ball where Fabio Vieira did and absolutely lashed one past David Raya in off the post. So, you know, if you understand what each of them bring to the table, I think you can then fairly analyse and assess their performances from week to week based on what you know to be their skill sets and based on what you know about how they are wired as footballers. And I think that's really, really important. Look, I am uh, I am going to leave it there because I am a little bit pushed for time uh, today. But as promised, we're going to be bringing you content on a daily basis throughout this international break. Uh, we've got lots and lots of exciting stuff coming your way, which I can't wait to share with you guys. Uh, this week with regards to our membership proposal. I know there are lots of you who are YouTube members. Um, I would urge you to consider moving over to our new platform, which I'm going to tell you all about a little bit later on this week, um, if it's not too much trouble. If you want to stay on YouTube, let me know, and I'll make sure that the content that will go to our members on the other platform will be fed through to you guys as well via here. Um, But I promise you the experience on the other platform will be much better. I'm sure you'll you'll enjoy it a lot more and uh, I can't wait to start using it. So yeah, I'll catch you all very very soon. Martin Odegaard, Fabio Vieira, what are the what are the the similarities? What are the differences? You've heard my take. Let me know yours in the comments section below. Please do leave a like on the video because there are nowhere near enough likes on the board and make sure you are subscribed to the channel if you are new. I'll catch you all soon. Until next time, Take care of yourselves and stay safe. All the best. Goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.